Are you ready? Let's get it. Here we go. It's about to go down. Real talk with Pastor B. All right. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Talk with Pastor B. Today's going to be a good one. Shanika. Today is going to be a good day. You want to move your microphone closer to your damn mouth? It is close to my mouth. Mm-hmm. How much closer, Pasha, should it be near my mouth mm. without it being in my mouth, mm. Pasha? Wouldn't be the first thing mm. that has any who. Hey, Shanika girl. Hi, Pasha. <laughs> How are you? You know, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Today we have Courtney, our financial expert here today, to talk to us about financial matters, including retirement planning. Courtney, welcome. Hello, ladies. Welcome, welcome. So let me share this story with you, Courtney, before we begin. Okay. She's about to tell it herself. I am. Tell it all. I am. So I just want to kind of set the tone. Okay. So... I consider myself to be one of these individuals who, uh, you know, I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I contribute to my retirement plan that my um, employer offers. Got a little bit of savings over here. What I can tell you is, although I contribute to, um, I'm with the federal government, so it's considered the thrift savings plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I never really delved into what those numbers may look like, may look how they may look upon retirement. Great. So I attended a retirement seminar okay. for federal employees. And when I tell you this man broke it all the way down with real numbers and showed me potentially what I could be facing upon retirement. And I was like, oh, no, that won't support my lifestyle. Now, that was just the um, retirement, uh, the pension that the federal government offers. That wasn't necessarily the thrift savings plan. Right. But just looking at that one little piece, as far as that number, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. That that can't support my lifestyle that I live right now. Do you know what the most expensive thing in retirement is? Take a guess. Housing. Nope. What do you think? Health insurance. Exactly. Health coverage is the most expensive thing in retirement. Because you got to think, right? You're working, you're living, the bills are not going to stop. But let's just say, you know, years ago when you were with a company and you retired, they nine times out of 10 pay for your health coverage. Mm-hmm. Well, once you terminate yourself, that's cut off. So you have mm-hmm. to have some type of health insurance. Now you can lean on Medicare, Medicaid, Part A, Part B, all the way down to Z, X, and whatever. But I can't get my, 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 my braces and my eyeglasses. You're going to have to pay out of pocket. Oh, Jesus, Lord. And so you don't think about that when your company is supplementing most of your insurance, mm-hmm. you know, they're paying a chunk of it and you're just paying your whatever every month. It's different when it's a, when it's 100% on you. So that's why healthcare is the most expensive cost in retirement. So it won't be the 150 I'm paying now. Hell no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm it's, the, it's the 150 plus what the employer was paying. Exactly. And you may get it at a discounted exactly. rate. But yep. no, it's not yeah. that 150. Sorry. Yep. That premium could probably be almost 1000 a month, but you were only paying a fraction of it. <sighs> but again, hurt. a lot of people don't know about that. So yeah, yeah. The numbers are scary. And the beauty is that you know the number, right? You can't hide from it. Yes. Yes. So... After that, I've been trying to be very, very intentional about how I how I save money, how I direct my money. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this on air. I said it prior to us going live, but I'll say it again. My friends are no good. Don't you tell me that I'm an adult, Courtney, you and I'm an responsible for myself. You are. I have some bad influences around me. Okay. So, with that being said, I am... Look at her as she sips her tea, Pasha. <laughs> Pasha, I'm I'm what well, you know. I'm on Courtney's side. Courtney said you're a grown oh, ass individual. Whatever. As soon People as, as soon as we finish this podcast, do. you know what she's gonna say? What are we gonna go eat? And we're gonna go and and you want to root Chris after this? You know. It depends. You know, we did your game, huh? Y'all gonna be broke. <laughs> Working at Walmart, green. <laughs> right. No. 70 years old, where we're supposed to be retired. But you know what? To 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 bring a light to that, that is that's some people's reality. Oh, a hundred percent. That they, is some people's reality. It is. They've spent 
a considerable amount of their lives working at a job in which they thought whatever, whether it be pension, um, was going to be something that could, as Shanika said, be consistent with the lifestyle that they wanted Mm -hmm, to live mm -hmm. after retirement. They see that it's not. And then you've worked someplace for 40 years and now you're 70-something years old talking about some thank you for coming to Walmart yep. when that's probably not the place that you need to be. Yeah. So what I would like to for you to do is shed some light on and, and we have uh, age range of listeners. Okay. But I can probably say my experience with retirement, um, that conversation was not instilled in me at a younger age. So entering um, probably my last and most recent company that I'm working for, I don't believe that I took advantage and a lot of people don't take advantage Mm -hmm. of um, what the employer sponsored benefits are when it comes to retirement. Oh yeah. And I did not maximize that until later on. Yeah. So if I'm Mm -hmm. a new, if I'm a young person, let's say I've just, I'm even going to say whether you've um, graduated from high school and now you're going straight into the workforce, Uh or even if you've graduated college going straight into the workforce and I'm at a company that offers retirement Mm -hmm. benefits. Right. What are you saying to me or what should I do? You should take it. So, most people are calm or have heard the term 401k, and that's one of the most popular benefits that a company offers, right? A 401k is just a way for you to save your money, and there are some powerful things inside of that, right? So, Pasha, let's just say you take $100 out of your paycheck every week and you go put it in the savings account, right? That money's going to grow, but it's not going to grow like it should. The banks make money off of us, but we don't make much money off of them, right? Mm-hmm. And so the flip side is when you put money in a 401k, one of the biggest things is that your interest compounds itself. So the money starts to grow its own money, right? One of the other powerful things too is that it's a pre-tax benefit, meaning you don't pay Fed or state taxes while you've been contributing. So again, if you make $1,000 a week and you put 10% away in a traditional sense and putting that money in a savings account, you're still being taxed on a grand. Mm -hmm. In a 401k, you're being taxed on 900. Mm $100 is going straight to your retirement, then you're getting taxed. Mm -hmm. So Uncle Sam's not seeing that $100 and you compound that week after week, year after year, that's the powerful nature of a 401k. A little bit of money over a long period of time will grow, right? Then some people will say, well, I'm not going to contribute to my company plan because they don't match. If they don't match, so what? The fact that they're offering the plan is a check anyway. Mm -hmm. Then if they do offer a match, that's even more of an incentive because that's free money. Mm-hmm. And explain to us, th- for, for everybody who may not know, um, the match and the benefit of the match. The benefit of the match is simply, let's say a company is giving a 5% match and you have to give 5%. They're matching 5% of your salary. So look at it as a 5% raise. That's mm-hmm. an easy way to look at it. They're giving you free money just to put your own money up. And so in essence, a match is if you contribute this, right. will contribute that same Correct. Uh, percentage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. It's free, money. it's free money. There's no other way to put it, right? So anytime that a company offers that, you take advantage. I run across a lot of people that say, Courtney, you know what? I can't afford to save for retirement. The beauty of it is you're driving the bus. Mm-hmm. You can save as low as 1% of your salary all, all the way up to 100%. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of figure out what's what, right? Start somewhere and then get that feel-good feeling of that snowball rolling down the hill where at some point, that money starts to grow and you get excited, right? Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that's in most people's way is themselves. It's moving yourself out of the way and saying, you know what? I can save a little something. You may have to cut back going to get that favorite coffee or going mm-hmm. out to eat or whatever. You got to sacrifice now for later because later's going to be here eventually. Mm-hmm. Yes. yeah, And it's funny because I often hear a lot of people say, surprisingly, that I need all my check. I need all my money. And I, I like that a little bit over a long, say that again. Uh, you save a little bit of money over a long period of time. That's right. where you got to start. Mm-hmm. And you can adjust it at any time, you know. So if you start off to a couple percent here and you get your first paycheck, you're like, ooh, okay, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Or you know what? I can handle that. Mm-hmm. And there are tools out there as well to where you can auto increase it. Like for me, on January 1st of every year, I auto increase my 401k 1%. Mm-hmm. just so that I don't have to think about it. And then after a while, I don't notice it. But there are so many tools out there. And to even touch on your first point, a lot of people have never done a retirement calculator. 
Mm-hmm. They're all over the internet. Mm-hmm. You yes. plug in your numbers, your mm-hmm. age, what you want to retire, whatever. You may pass out when you look at it, mm-hmm. or you may jump for joy, like, okay, I'm on track. But, you know, a lot of people don't do that. They mm-hmm. just kind of assume because retirement is about placing your replacing your current income. If you're used to living off of $65,000 a year, that's all you need to replace. If mm-hmm. you're used to living off $100,000, that's what you need to replace. And of course, add the health, you know, coverage on top of that. But that's what it's all about. Everybody's numbers are different, mm-hmm. but do something because mm-hmm. it's a crisis in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, just the doing something, that to me is the number one thing because when I first started contributing actively, I would say in an adult manner mm-hmm. to my 401k. Um, it was a conversation that I had with someone and you're right. So I think I'm a federal employee and I think our matching is 5%. Mm. And it was kind of like, okay, well, even if you, and this was years ago, even if you don't contribute the 5%, contribute something. Right. And if even it may not even be a percentage. It right. may be a dollar amount correct. that you can contribute. That's correct, yeah. Um, until you get to the point where you're able to contribute higher and higher. And then you should understand it, understand the benefits of the increasing your contributions over a period oh, of yeah. time. Um, because it's pre-tax. If you get a raise, it wasn't money that you had before. Yep. So you can adjust your contribution yep. to match the, the raise, raise that you right. may receive. That's right. And that's more money yep. that's being um, invested in your 401k. That over a period of time, like yep. you said, it, it starts to make sense and it looks very good in the long run. Um, I like that. Can you go shed some light on... Um, you said about savings. Right. So I think the current interest rate on a savings account is? So there's two types of savings account. You got your brick and mortar. So you got your major banks. I won't say their mm-hmm. names. And then you have your online banks. So I used to have a savings account at a brick and mortar. You about, I, to, you about to tell me something. And the brick and mortar is probably getting less than a half a percent. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Online banks now are really able to offer more because their overhead is low. Mm. So I opened up an online savings account about a year and a half ago. My introductory rate was 2.25%. It's gone down to about a 1.75, but that's a lot better than a half a percent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another thing, Mm. when you set up a savings account, make it hard to access. Mm -hmm. You do not want it yes. to where you can Shouldn't easily go. transfer that money over because... Oh, you're the third person to say Oh, that. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So my online savings account, if I need to transfer money, it takes at least two to three business days. Yes. So it's it's it makes it harder for me to say, all right, Courtney, go ahead and grab that cash over there. You have to make it out of sight, out of mind. Mm. And another thing is automate the savings. Yes. Just like the 401k and all those other plans are automated, set up a direct deposit or an ACH from your, mm-hmm. your checking account and have that money come over automatically so that way it's, it, it takes away the temptation of, okay, this week, I'm going to save my $50. You get that paycheck? Okay, now I'm going to do it next week. And then next week mm-hmm. turns into the week, into the month, into the year, into the da-da-da-da, whatever. So that's the difference. So online savings accounts are really great because of the, the higher interest rates. And a lot of them, too, don't have minimums. Because sometimes you say, you know what, I want to open up a savings account, but I don't have a thousand or ten thousand dollars to do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of them to where you don't have you don't have to have a whole lot of money to open them, just a little bit to get it started. And then there are savings accounts where you need to have a little bit more, where they say you need to maintain a balance. Some of those have higher interest rates because they know you're going to have more money in there. And again, the banks make money off of us. Mm-hmm. So that's the concept there. But you know, if you do not have access to a retirement plan at your job, but you still work, outside of having a savings account, you can still open up what is called an IRA, mm-hmm. an individual retirement account, where essentially you can put a certain amount of money toward your retirement. I believe the limit now is about $6,000 a year or whatever. You can automate that. Is there a minimum amount you have to contribute? No. I mean, okay. you just start off opening the account with whatever, but you can go to a, a ton of online places, you know, some brokerage houses can mm-hmm. can help you with that, banks, you know, and, and whatnot. But a lot of people don't know that as well. Like when I meet with a client and they're not ready to move forward with a 401k, I say, well, look, at least go open up an IRA and do something, you know, set that up. And then when you get to a point that you want to graduate to a company sponsor plan, mm-hmm. do that. 
um, because you still want to have access to it. But if you're working and you don't have a 401k, you still have a way to save for your retirement within an IRA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought up. I I feel kind of, I feel like I've been swindled. Known Courtney for years. He's never told me this shit about the savings account versus the brick and mortar in the online. I I, I didn't know that, but I do have an online savings account, but it's not because of the percentage. So, I need to go and see. Yeah, Something you know what I mean? Yeah. I, have, I had to I have an entry in my notes Yeah, already. and off the off the record, I can tell you which ones are really good because <laughs> well, I've okay. done a lot of research on them. Got I just it. geek out on this kind of stuff. Got mm. it. So, yeah, the reason I went online was not to have access to yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. good. Although, you know. She get some, it anyway. I know. I can wait those two to three days <laughs> in some cases. But yeah. I, this year, I've been very good. That's good. I haven't touched it yet. That's good. No, no, let me take the yet off. I haven't touched it. Courtney's <laughs> only February. <laughs> no, put that yet back in there. <laughs> no, no, I haven't touched it. That's good. Period. That's good. Period. Good. That's what we're going to say. Um, So... Let's go back to saving money. Okay. Pasha, don't roll your eyes at me. So, I know one of the things you mentioned, you mentioned not going to get our favorite coffee. You know, what is it about stuff that people just have to focus on? Why am I getting the middle finger, Pasha? Because I I feel like some of this is directed at me. Oh, it is. It is. So, so... The accumulation of stuff. So I've I've spoken. Courtney's to not here for the stuff. No, no, no. He's here for no, the no, finances. No, we're talk about it. <laughs> because I think everyone needs it. to hear about the stuff. Okay. So we say what we can't afford, and I do believe there is a sm- a segment of people who who struggle yeah. with everyday. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, with just the everyday stuff, taking care of that. Right. But there is also a segment of people who hit Starbucks every. Oh, Maybe I shouldn't say it. the coffee place every day who hit fast food or sit down restaurants every day for lunch instead of packing a sandwich or something like that. Yeah. Um, who need name brand shoes every time they come out. Know the release dates and everything. All of that. Yeah. Pow, pow. I know somebody like that. You know, I know somebody like that, yeah. too. You know, who has a whole yeah. room just we'll, for shoes. We'll, we'll digress. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let, me, let me get back on track. My bad. So. God damn. I'm just saying. So. When we sit down and think about it, there are lots of opportunities that we have to Mm -hmm. save or redirect money into savings accounts, 401ks, IRAs, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, Why do you think we just refuse in general? I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question. No, no. I so I'm thinking from so from the the person who doesn't have all of the information, I'm going to say that I think a part of it is ignorance, right? Part really? Of it, no, part of it is ignorance. Um, there are ways to do it, but I think there are, there's, be, because some of the information may, may not be known, it's very easy to be ignorant when it comes mm-hmm. to certain mm-hmm. things. So I think, and, and when I say ignorant, that could be allowing the ignorance to happen. Um, but we live in a society in which we need to be self-gratified, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, yes. Immediate. Immediate. Yeah. So, I know that I like certain things, and a part of me feels as though I should be able. Yep. You deserve it. Oh, yeah. I should be able <laughs> to acquire these things that I like. Right. However, I'm going to tell you, and I wish this would have happened rather sooner than later because now the posture is I'm not too far away from retirement in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. I'm probably like in the middle of my work life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? So with that being said, so now I'm going into using the calculators. Mm-hmm. I'm going in there analyzing stuff and I'm going to be honest with you, Shanika, because I think I've been feeling bullets whiz by me this whole podcast, right? From you. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> hey, that there's no possible way that I can maintain the lifestyle that I currently have if I don't actively Mm -hmm. change things right away. Mm. I'm just being real. That's an epiphany. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I get it. but, but, But I think it was culturally, I don't think 
culturally for me, it has always been you work, you save, right? Mm -hmm. And you live within whatever that bubble is. Um, Time has had it or experience in life has had it where we're not living the lives of our parents or our grandparents. Mm -hmm. So the way that we currently live is probably a little bit more extravagant than them. Okay, our life experience is a little bit more. Not that's not an excuse. That just is my life doesn't mimic my mother's life is in which she went to work and she saved and that was it. My mother ain't travel and go all over these places and have these life experiences. I choose to do so. So right. with that being said, I if if I would have taken that advice of working and saving, eh, maybe I would be in a more brighter place when it comes to retirement. Um, If I would have had some information shared with me probably at a younger age, then maybe I I would have made different decisions earlier. That's all I'm saying. No, I can dig it. I can dig it. I agree. I mean, consumerism is a huge part of our country. And so we're being fed so much information that it's like, if you don't get that, you kind of feel left out. And I know Mm -hmm. a huge part of the population feels that way. I got to go get this new phone. I got to go get this new car. I got to go get this new house. I mean, old school people call it keeping up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it really is consumerism. You just have to kind of figure out like, what are you willing to sacrifice, right? Because you could go get that new thing, but we all know what's new becomes old. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it's just after a while, you can't keep chasing that, you know, unless your lifestyle and your finances can support that. But it is a huge issue. And I just think it took my wife and I years to get to this point to where we really had to set a plan up in place because we just didn't want to live that paycheck to paycheck mentality because so many people are doing it. But a lot of people, if they really sat down, they really wouldn't need to live paycheck to paycheck. It's just cutting some things out and willing to sacrifice now for later rather than saying, I deserve it, so I'm going to get it. There's a lot of things that we deserve that we don't get, Mm -hmm. right? And then there's other times where you feel like, I'm just going to do it. I'm working. I've been doing my thing. I grind it hard. I'm going to go get this thing. But if that thing is sacrificing that thing over here, it's an issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can't ignore that, right? Um, If you've taken, you know, your mortgage payment and you going shopping with it, that's that's a big issue, right? So there again, there's a lot of people that do that. They just kind of try to piece stuff together because Mm -hmm. they need to keep up. And then after a while, that 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 can put you in a state of depression, mm-hmm. you know, because there is a such thing as financial depression. Like when you get to have so much debt, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a whole nother topic that we can spend off on in a second. Like it can be debilitating. Mm-hmm. You are not financially free if you have debt. Mm-hmm. You cannot be wealthy with debt. Mm-hmm. There's no way that's possible. Mm-hmm. You're always going to owe your light bill, gas bill, whatever. But mm-hmm. if you owe like true, like, you know, you got credit cards and you got student loans, if you owe that kind of stuff, you do not have wealth. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. So sacrifice. And it, you don't have to start big either. A lot of people think, I just got to cut this off. If you are going to that coffee place three days a week, cut it down to one. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to just put yourself in exile island, like start small mm-hmm. and then just kind of gradually get yourself, okay, I wean myself off of this or treat yourself too. Like if you have a goal to say, look, I want to save, you know, this particular the next couple of months, I want to save $300. Well, once you save $300, treat yourself, right? Or whatever. Kind of, you got to trick yourself mentally to kind of get, you know, we do that all reward. the time. Reward mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. at certain points. But you just got to think about the sacrifice, right? And that's just what it comes down to, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I know what's been helpful for me is redirecting the money so I don't see it. So yeah. um, I have allotment set out. So the money comes out of my paycheck yeah. before my paycheck hits my account. Good. And that way I know whatever's in my account, I know to now adjust to that. Yeah. Because the money yeah. has already been redirected. So right. in some cases, you have to trick yourself. Yeah. And, and, and just reduce what you have access to. Yeah. In the immediate. Oh, yeah. I want to go back to something you said, Courtney, in regards to retirement, basically preparing you to continue to live um, within whatever your certain financial parameters are. Right. So... Let's put certain things in, well, if you don't prepare yourself correctly, okay. um, because I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you get into your, when you actually retire, you shouldn't have certain debt, such correct. as you shouldn't have, still have a mortgage. Right. Um, you shouldn't still have student loans that you're paying for. Right. Um, so 
realistically, children, daycare, things of that nature. Right. You, you shouldn't still have Unless those. you adopt it at a later age. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But that's not really, those are, that's different mm-hmm. than, you know, um, but go ahead, my bad. No, no, no. So with that being said, someone making $65,000, right? And at 65000 a year is maintaining their lifestyle while mm-hmm. they're working. Mm-hmm. And when they're not working, if they still have those same debts and now they're going to be additional expenses. Mm. They can't the stop working. They can't stop working. There is no retirement. Right. So you then tell me what can someone do to prepare them, their, them for retirement? What can I do to start that retirement ball going? Not to start it because it's going. Right. But what should I slowly be making sure that I have completed right. before it's time for me to retire and I'm in a better financial place so I don't have to worry about this, this, this? Right. So obviously you have to take a look at number one. Can you retire, right? Have you started saving money? Like that's checkbox number one. If you haven't started saving any money, you can't. You're going to be working until you pass away. And then whatever debts you have, unfortunately, are passed on to whoever else is in your family or whoever may take care of that if you don't have those things set up. So I think it kind of starts there. And then some other things that you need to have in place are a will and a trust, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people say, well, I don't have a lot of possessions, so I don't need a will. Or I don't need a trust. And I'm going to read you what a will is. A will is a legally enforceable document stating how you want your affairs handled and assets distributed after you die. It's an important component of estate planning. It doesn't matter how much you have. Those are just things that you want to have in place. Because we all know when someone dies, Uncle Jojo goes crazy. Yep. Everybody everybody come out the woodworks. Well, he said I could have the TV. He said I could have Uh this. So that's a part of it, too, is just having that stuff in place so it doesn't burden mm-hmm. the family and they can properly grieve, right? Now we go to a trust. A trust is a fiduciary relationship in which you give another party authority to handle your assets for the benefit of a third party or your beneficiaries. So for one, you have it to where it's the will is allowing you the people to get the stuff. Now it's all about the authority to handle any assets that you have. Again, it doesn't how much doesn't matter how much you have. Those are some basic things that you could have in place. Most companies, if you work for, have like a third-party service you could probably get a will from for very little money. Mm-hmm. Or if you go directly to a lawyer, you could probably mm-hmm. pay two, three hundred dollars and get a will. Legal shields. Legal I don't mean sh- exactly. I don't mean to advertise them, right. but I I I do pay for their service for just to have yeah. that ability to have some type of exactly avenue to go to if I need legal advice, but yeah. I, I know that they offer it. Yeah. Legal Shield, this is not an ad. I'm just saying, holler at your girl if you want it to be. Hello. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, you know, th- those are some things that you can have, but I mean, you got to start with some savings too. And then you got to also look at, look at your household, right? Take a look at your budget, right? Look at what's going out versus what's coming in, right? Um, what can you cut out? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I would say some of the big expenses, especially if you have a house, is one of the big things you could do is refinance. Mm-hmm. And I just, my wife and I just went through that about a couple months ago, where we cut our 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 interest rate from five and a quarter to three point to three point two percent, which is saving us four hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That four hundred dollars a month, it's not extra money to us. We're still applying that to something else, so it doesn't look like it's extra. Mm-hmm. So that's how you can can try to get around to doing that. But one of the biggest things about that, too, is your credit. I was going to say, how important is that? Oh, it's so important. (laughs) It's so important. And people think that credit cards are the devil. They're not. Like, it's how you manage it, right? It can be a really good tool if you manage it right. But there's so many people that get into the, the, the credit card debt and they never get out of it. And paying that minimum balance can just be a nightmare. You end up paying so much more. So you have to take a look at all those things, right? And come up with a plan on what you want to tackle first, you know, so that way that you can retire. Because again, if you are still working and you've got 30, 40,000 in credit card debt and you still have a mortgage, you can't. There's no way possible. You either make more money to make up the difference, but sometimes people make more and still spend the same or even more, you know, if you can't be a ruler over over a little, how can you be a ruler over many? Mm -hmm. So you got to you got to take a look at that and really just figure out what's important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, what I see a lot of I shouldn't even say a lot. Some of the avenues in which people are taking um, now and, you know, halfway through their career, they're considering downsizing. Yeah, so, oh, that's a good one, too. So I will tell you, Courtney. So 
I think I fell into this whole American dream thing as far as, oh, get the house, get the cars and all of that stuff. Don't forget about the white picket fence and two dogs. Yeah, I don't like animals. Okay. But um, now that I have the house, like, I'm like, eh, I really don't need it, you know? And I'm considering downsizing. But now that I'm considering downsizing, it's like, eh. The amount of money I'm paying for this house, and I, if I go somewhere else, I'm going to be paying the same amount of money. You know, I know I need to do some more research, but I, I just think just not getting caught up in what you said, keeping up with the Joneses or certain expectations yeah. that we think society has. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think if you take a look around, there are plenty of people who look like us. Yeah. Where do do you need a four five bedroom house? Do 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 we really need yeah. four or five five bedroom houses? Do we need mm-hmm. the luxury vehicle? Yep, we do. Do we need all the cable channels Balling. paying two hundred dollars a month? Yeah. So these are different ways in which we could potentially um no you are free right. up money. So when I went to this retirement seminar, he did speak specifically of reducing expenses. Yeah. So do that now. Yeah. As far as getting your credit together, right. freeing up money so you can pay down these expenses just right. in general because yeah. you want to have a a good quality of life. Right. Not only now, but when you retire. Right. 100%. So the whole reducing expenses, that that's where I am right now. That's Courtney. good. No, that's good. Um, that's really good. I'm, I'm stop. I just want to throw something at Pasha right now. Um reducing expenses while trying to maintain a quality of life because I do enjoy eating out. I do enjoy traveling. <laughs> Courtney, what she I, tries I, to blame it on. No, no. It's just the amount of times, Pasha. We don't have to go out every time. Right. And you're not the only one. I can throw some other people on the bus, too. Shanika <laughs> be in these streets more than I be in these streets. Okay. So half of oh her expenditures come from her. Okay. It comes me. from food and entertainment. Okay. I can tell you that's the bulk of my expenditures. Okay. Food and entertainment. But I think you can still have you 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 have uh, I'm gonna say the B word. Budget. The budget. Yeah. yeah. Right? What's wrong with the budget? Oh, oh ask I love her. That ask word. her. So Courtney, so I sat down and I whew, I wrote down where my money was coming. I pulled my bank statements and it hurt my heart. It hurt so bad. Yeah. Once I saw that number of how much is going toward food and entertainment. Yeah. So I called Liz Huff over here. Pasha, you have to do it. Like, just, just, just pull your bank statements. This was last year. She refuses. Have you done it? She refuses to do it. Denial. But it's helpful when you see the numbers. It's very. (laughs) (laughs) At least she's honest. It's very helpful. I'm going back to the note to know better is to do better. And once you write it down, it's facts. That's right. So I am in denial. I know that I am wasteful. Okay. Now, there are certain things that, like, I don't have cable. I don't see the need for cable. Okay. Um, my car is paid off. I don't see a need to go buy a new car. Right, right. There are certain things that I'm just like, eh, I don't need. So, but there are certain things that I like to indulge in. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, if I was to take my bank statements, it's, 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 I'm fearful. Really, truly, truly. Truly fearful of to to actually see the amount of money that I waste, knowing that I if I put myself on a budget and that's the the budget is the scary word because the budget to me in my head is processed of what I can't do instead of what I can do within reason. Mm-hmm. So I know it's something that I need to do, but these J's about to draw. Oh, there it is. <laughs> She has revealed herself, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I'm it's just saying, shoes. it's the shoes. shoes. So I, 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 I understand. I, no, no, no. I, I am one. This is what passion will not be. Passion will not sit here in your in your faces. See the hand. <laughs> I will not sit here in your faces and tell you a lie. I need to get my life in order when it comes to my finances because there are so many. Little things that I could be doing. Right. Um. I'm the takeaway. One of them. I know we're we're not even at the end of this podcast anywhere near. But one of the takeaways, and this is why it was like a ping. Um, moving money and not making it 
accessible. Mm-hmm. So all my savings accounts are linked to all my checking accounts. Oh, and they're yeah. at brick and mortar yeah. banks. Make them totally separate institutions. And I never, I've seen the online savings mm-hmm. accounts and I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm going to probably say this. I thought the online savings accounts were for people who just couldn't, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not lying to you people. I'm not going to lie to you. But <laughs> shedding the light. You thought it was for people like No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Oh. You will not get this recorded. <laughs> but knowing the fact that the interest rate, because again, in my head, it was like, well, why put money in a savings account that's just like 0.5% interest? Like, eh. It, it really is what it is. And yeah, I put my money in my savings account. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not as intentional as I should be. Right. Right. But now you're telling me I can go to an online institution mm-hmm. where I do not have access to this account. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a better interest rate. Yep. And there's no minimum, right. no maximum. I could find some with affordable That's minimum That's right. and maximum. Uh-huh. Now, really, why wouldn't I do it? Mm-hmm. Right. And I can, you know, not have the SB Starbucks every day. <laughs> so let me let me ask you, ladies, this: Do you know what an emergency account is? Isn't the emergency account where you should have three months? Come on now, come on now. See, I know some shit. Okay. I just don't do some shit. That's right. Three months, three of- to six months, based upon. So is that the same as a savings account, yes. Courtney? Yes, specifically for. Yes, emergencies. So, so you can have cash sitting in your checking account, right? Mm-hmm. So after all your bills are paid and everything, you know, and you put money in your savings account, it's still okay to have that money, some money sitting in your checking account for whatever other expenditures that you have to have. But you want that emergency account to have that money in there. So that's what the savings account is for because in emergency, emergencies for some people happen more than others, but that's why you want it in an account where it's going to get a little bit of interest because that money is going to grow over time, right? So let me ask you this real quick. So should one have an emergency fund and a savings account or is the savings account the emergency fund? Both. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm not going to say both. They're interchangeable. Yeah. Okay. They're, in, they're interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay. interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. So that's that's that. We yeah, it's it's three to six months, and it's ba- that the, it's really based upon how volatile is your job, how safe is your job, right? So certain industries, if you know that it's easily for you to get fired or laid off, you probably need to have about six months. But if you're in a pretty stable job, three months is good because mm-hmm. if you get chopped tomorrow, what's going to happen? Are you going to have to lean on that credit card? Are you going to have mm-hmm. to call family and friends? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to have three months of savings in there so that way you're quote unquote comfortable, but still looking for employment. Or let's just say you want to chop that job and start a business, right? We haven't even got on that. Mm -hmm. That's another way to have a nice retirement and starting a business. If you want to do that, you have that money in the bank. You want to have some of that liquid, Mm -hmm. you know, available. Yeah. And I want to say um, in reference to the emergency account, I think a lot of people um, experienced that last year during the government shutdown. Like a great, great point. To go a whole month missing two paychecks, yeah. Um, I think it became very, very evident to a lot of people that okay, I have to do something different, yeah. Because um, even outside of the government shutdown, I think the um, what is it? Um, most Americans don't have four hundred dollars in savings. If, 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 like if most people's car broke down, they wouldn't be able to afford to get like a new starter or a carburetor or something, which is crazy. Yes, you're right. You're yes. right. They're having to lean on a credit card mm-hmm. or borrow money from a family member or whatever or take out a small or go to, let's not talk about predatory lending with mm-hmm. payday loans mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Most people will lean on that because they don't, you know, they haven't either been exposed or they don't understand other options of having to save that money in, a, in like an emergency savings account. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Not saying that the retirement plan is used for this, mm-hmm. but because and I can speak specifically for the federal government, you can actually take a loan if mm-hmm. something happens. Yeah. You should be able to take a loan right. against your money that Correct. you have saved, mm-hmm. um, which is at a low, usually at a lower interest very, very rate, low interest rate. Yeah. than if you were to go the route of going to a brick and mortar yeah. or getting a loan from any other type that of... That you may not even get it, it qualified, qualified for, for because of your credit. Because of your credit, right. Or if they do, your interest rate's like 25% and then mm-hmm. you're just... 
if your back's against the wall, you're probably going to say yes and think about it later. And actually, you know, now you're in debt again, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And 401ks do have loan options in them as well. You just got to be very careful with that because you don't want to mortgage your retirement for a loan. Mm -hmm. But life does happen. But that's where an emergency account will come in to help with life happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. What is wealth to you ladies? Mm. Damn. I've never been asked. Me either. Damn, Courtney, what is wealth? I'm going to read you. And what I found what the definition of wealth is, there's a big difference between having money and building wealth. Money comes and goes, but wealth encompasses things like savings, investments, retirement, property, or owning your own business. Wealth is a set of resources that give you options and let you take advantage of opportunities in life. Mm-hmm. That's wealth. So it sounds like wealth is when your money makes money. There we go. That's what I heard. That's Different streams. Different streams, right? Yep. It's a set of resources. Yeah. So it's not just having money. It's when your money makes the money. That's right. That's well. Yep. That's right. Yep. So just to touch briefly on like even um, individual investments, so like stocks and bonds and things of that nature. um, I started to dip and dabble into stocks a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, with the help of some of my coworkers, okay. they explained it to me. I'm going to say from a novice perspective, mm-hmm. um, it is something that you need to do your research on yeah. and to know kind of what you're delving into. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have the available extra mm-hmm. income yeah. and you've done your research, I think it is another stream of where you can end because you stocks and bonds used to be so... It looked, used to look so different where you would have to have um, a broker and all this stuff to yeah. even try to get into the investment arena not and now. you don't need it. Nope. Um, half of this stuff is handled online. That's right. Um, you can choose whatever stock it is that you want to invest in mm-hmm. based yeah. upon how much you want to spend. Yeah. You can buy and sell at will. You, yeah. you will need to understand the process of, uh, let's say, how it's reported, right. the, the implications, mm-hmm. whether it be good and or bad in regards to taxes. But I think it's something beneficial and more of us need to start dabbling in as another stream right. of making money. Yeah, so we can kind of, we can dive into that. So essentially what you want to have, when you want to have a really diversified portfolio, you want to have the emergency account, you want to have a, a, a taxable account, which is like uh, opening up a brokerage account, like going directly to the market. Then you also want to have a pre-tax account like a 401k. So you want to be able to have those things. And then you can add real estate into that bucket as well because you want to have those different avenues because if one's not doing so great, you have something else Mm -hmm. kind of holding it up. So that's a way to really have a balanced portfolio. Um, And like you said, you can go online and open up these accounts in a way it's so inexpensive now Mm -hmm. to trade. Mm -hmm. They've made it very, very inexpensive to do that nowadays. Um, so if you do have that, you know, you just understand the implicate the implications. And one of the things, one of the implications of a taxable account, uh, having that is called capital gains, mm-hmm. right? So let's just say, Shanika, you go buy Apple stock right now and it's $350 a share, mm-hmm. right? And let's just say you buy one share and it jumps up to $500. You have to pay the taxes between what you bought it at and what you sell it at. Oh and that's goodness. called capital gains. Okay. So understanding that, like, okay, that's a good thing that it's growing, but you have to pay the taxes on it. But at the same time, when you have those types of accounts, you need to make sure that you have the right amount of money available to offset that. Um, you know, if you live in paycheck to paycheck, but you buy an Apple stock, that's probably not a good idea. You shouldn't have $300 to be buying Apple. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, yeah, just things like that. But that's a real way to have like a nice diversified, you know, way of doing it because you don't want all your money in a pre-tax account because when you reach 59 and a half in, in the company sponsored plans, that's when you can start to pull that money out without a penalty. But then you pay taxes on that money when you pull it out. So all these years, it's been growing tax-free. And the cool thing about those plans is you don't pay the capital gains tax. You just pay taxes on what you pull out. So the rule of thumb would be, hopefully, when I'm in retirement and I pull that money out, that's my only source of income. So I should be at a lower tax bracket, right? That's how that would work. And then if you have some taxable account, now you're balancing it out because you paid the taxes on that stuff all throughout the years. 
Because if you yeah. walk, if you're in retirement and got a million dollars and it's been all in pre-tax, you don't have a million dollars. You have a million dollars less, you know, whatever your tax bracket is. So diversifying is so very important. And then not to mention doing real estate and all those transactions of, of, of selling those properties. Because there's a difference between flipping houses and then holding on to real estate a certain amount of time. There's gains on that that you have to pay. Another good reason um, when you're in retirement or even throughout your years is at some point lean on a trusted consultant, right? There's only so much that you can do on your own. Mm -hmm. It's nothing wrong with consulting a financial professional. Years ago, they were called stockbrokers. Now they're like financial advisors. And the way the industry is now, it's friendlier because before people would just think, man, there's the sleaziest people on earth. Like they're going to put me in this investment. And there are certain investments that can put you in. But nowadays, the key would be to find an advisor that is fee only, which means that you know exactly what you pay them, no matter how much money you make. So that that that's something that's been in the industry for about five or six years as that is really game changing because for the average investor that doesn't know, if I know I'm paying Pasha a thousand dollars a year to manage my finances, but my portfolio's grown five hundred percent, you're not making money on my money. You're just making money to help me. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to lean on somebody like that. There are so many individuals that can help you streamline your retirement, help you with a will, a trust, and all that. So that way, all the pressure is not on you to do all that stuff. And then you build a relationship, and that individual can help you throughout your life with your life insurance. And that's another thing we didn't talk about. Having life insurance is so vital as well. Takes the burden away of having to pay for little Johnny's funeral trying to get everybody together to do a fish fry. Yeah. And I think off um, air, we talked about the life insurance also being a, a caveat to the building wealth. Yeah. And people don't necessarily look at it. Yeah. At that way. Mm -hmm. And it may not be building wealth for you. Yeah. But it's building generation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Having those policies in place now, getting like a term policy or whatever, you know, a 20 year term or 30 year term. And the younger you get them, the the less expensive they are. Mm -hmm. You know, paying that little bit of money is going to set you, you know, set your family up or whatever to pay off any debts that you may have or whatever to do that. So, no, those are all things that you could use in a nutshell to just get you ready for retirement. And a lot of people don't like to think about the life insurance because, I mean, it's a scary thing to think about death, but it's going to happen. So why not plan for it knowing that it's going Mm -hmm. to happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that being said, when you start talking about generational wealth, um, how do you, sorry, um, how does, how would you suggest one begins begin the conversation with their children? Because... It makes no sense to have all of these policies set up in place when your children don't understand yeah. the benefits of it. And they go out and buy a brand new Cadillac with 26 inch rims, right. and, you know, things of that nature. They squander the money. Right. So how how can parents or people with children help um share information? What types of information should one be sharing with their children as far as what money is and in and, and savings and the importance of preparing as early as possible. So one of the things that we do in my house, and I have a 10-year-old uh, son that, that my wife and I have, is I remember when I was growing up, like we, my parents never talked about money. Mm-hmm. Like anytime that we would go somewhere and they would buy something, they would always tell me to go sit down and I would actually kind of want to understand what's going on, but they would never tell me this is grown folks business. How many times have you heard that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times as you get older, you don't, there's no education there. Then you get your first job and then you're taught to spend. Mm-hmm. So I think the conversation first starts with what money. So like my son, he'll ask me how much my paycheck is and I'll tell him mm-hmm. and I'll say, this is how much it costs for us to run this house. Now the numbers are gigantic to him because mm-hmm. he's like, oh my God. It costs, uh, you know, $65 for this bill or that bill. But we're planting the seeds for him to understand that, you know, just because you make the money, some, some money has to go out. So I think it kind of starts there. And depending on how intelligent your child is or how much you understand, you could start as young as eight or nine years old to just kind of say, hey, here's how much I make. Here's how much it costs. And as they get older, you know, um, they'll understand We've set up a savings account for him, too, mm-hmm. at a young age. It just kind of let him know, hey, we're putting this amount of money into it or whatever. Again, 
It may not fully get it, but as they get older, they'll understand what's going on. And then at that point, once they get their first job, set them up with their own savings account. Make them save money when they get their first job. That's a good way to do it. If your son's making a couple hundred bucks at whatever fast food chain, make them put 10% of that away. Mm-hmm. He may squander over like, oh my God, I need all that money. But you're creating a habit so early that it's going to be second nature. And then let them know about whatever life insurance you have. Mm-hmm. You know, look, this is what we have. Unfortunately, I'm going to pass mm-hmm. away. But the mm-hmm. the burden's going to be a little easier on, on you. Folks and kids are trying to knock them off, Courtney. It's like, I don't know if I want to let them know how much it got on me now. I don't know why we so scared to share stuff with our children, mm-hmm. though. Like... Let me tell you something. Kids are killing their parents for <laughs> not enough money to be killing somebody for. I think there was something I um, saw an article. I'm not sure if it was Chicago, but this upcoming rapper killed his mother mm. for, I think, a $90,000 life insurance yeah, policy. Really? I saw that. Killed his oh mother. And he was, I think he was an only child. Mother was self-employed. I believe she was a beautician, hairstylist, been in the business for years. Has And, and, and based upon what I've seen, always made sure that her son had. Okay? Yeah. He killed his mother oh for $90,000 Real talk, that's a year's worth of salary for some people. Wow. You killed your mother for what you could potentially make in a year. That's not that's not worth it. No. So I think if a kid is gonna kill you, they're gonna kill you for five thousand dollars. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? If that's what it is. Right. But Courtney, right. I think you said something important. So what I try, and it's not gonna work at everybody, but the exposure of your children to Income versus expenses. Mm -hmm. So I tried to expose my daughter to, okay, I'm going to make you responsible for paying this bill. Ah, that's a good idea. And not that you had to pay it yourself. So the light bill. The light bill is due every, this date, every month. Right. It's your responsibility to ensure that you remind me that the light bill is due Mm -hmm. and then come and get my banking account information (laughs) so you can go and sit and pay the light bill. Yeah. Because if I walk into this house and don't have any lights, it's on you. Mm -hmm. You got one job. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying to leave that job, you know, without <laughs> without without supervision. What I'm saying, though, is that is a, at least allowing her to see how the light bill fluctuates. Right. I think you should also not be scared to share your uh, how much you make with your children. Yeah. And realistically, and even if you're not even giving them the right figures, if you want to hide some things, let's say you tell them this is how much money I make. Write it down. Show them the bills. These are the bills that come into this house through your addition and your subtraction. We're going to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we get to after we've made our money, we've paid our bills right. and we got this at the end and you sitting coming to me talking about something you want to do what? Right. This is really what life is. Mm-hmm. And this is life based upon me making X amount of money. Right. So also now if I was making less how that would look. How that would look. Right. Mm-hmm. Exposing. I think that's the only way that we could um, potentially build those or instill those values mm-hmm. right. in, that, in that life experience. But also, Courtney said something very important. So with the life insurance, you can set your will up and set trust up that your kids don't get all the money you can. when you die. Until they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they get a certain age yeah. or you can get mm-hmm. them a percentage or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You and can piecemeal it. So they can't you go can, out and buy right. that that that. 2022 right. Cadillac on your on your death money. Right. No. How about you get a everybody VIP? Come on, <laughs> meet me at the we club. We popping bottles. <laughs> yeah, and it and it probably should be something that you're giving them that should still require that they actively engage mm-hmm. in their own life. So I'm not going to give you enough money where you can where you should think that you can sit down and right. live off of because if you look at it over a period of time, you may this is supposed to supplement right you. For an extended period of time, you're not getting all this. I, mm-hmm. my kids, my children ain't getting all my dead money at Winton. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny. I went to an event. Um, it was a youth um, event, and it was there was a portion where they were teaching them about financial literacy, and these were high school students. And questions were asked of them as far as how much they thought things cost. So yeah. It was a virtual experience. Yeah, it's eye-opening, I'm yeah, sure it was. Yeah, so 
the guy was like, okay, so where do you want to live? And, you know, they wrote out what their their virtual life would look like. And then he asked him, so how much does this apartment cost? How much do you think an apartment costs? $300? Like $400? And the adults in the room were just... Nah, bro. Astounded. Um, How much you think cable costs? How much you think putting gas in the car costs? Insurance. Like, we haven't even talked about insurance. Like, they have no clue. So, I really love what both of you have said as far as just exposing children to how, what that looks like. Because... They have no clue, and in some cases, they can't even conceptualize. No, they can't. The numbers look so large to them, but yes. they just don't know. I really wish that they did that in the school system. You know, I wish there was where there was a class on finance at a like in elementary school, just mm-hmm. teaching kids. I mean, they've done a few things where they teach you how to count money, but that's different counting money and versus understanding money. Mm-hmm. So it's really up us to the parents to educate our children on that because if you haven't talked to them about money. And as soon as they hit that college campus, if they go, there's going to be that person standing outside. Yep, you get, get this. Free t-shirt. You get a free T-shirt. They sign up for the credit card, and boom, that's how I started. Because that's how I got my first credit yes. card. Literally on campus, excited, got a credit card, went straight to the mall, went to Linux, balled out, maxed it out the same day. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've the been same there. Same day. The same day. That was my life. The and, same and, day. And, and, and it's. Let me be a little transparent here, Courtney. So that was my experience as well. So when I was in college, I think I had three or four credit cards, maxed them out. You can call them and say, hey, can you increase my limit? They'll increase your limit. You know, I'm in college, right? You know, I don't have a real job. And going through that process in my early 20s after I graduated of cleaning my credit. It's real easy to mess it up. To mess it up. But going through the process of cleaning it up and so much time and money was wasted. That's right. And just having that conversation of just how important um, maintaining good credit is. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you, and this is back when the credit was, you know, shaky. I remember needing a car because I immediately wrecked my car when I moved to Atlanta. Immediately wrecked my car. And I had to go purchase a new car and I was quoted like an 18% interest Ooh. rate. I was like, I know I credit bad, but is that bad? Mm-hmm. Mm. This was like 18 years ago, y'all. I'm good now. But I called my credit union at the time and I was like, let me just, let's see what they're talking about. I called the credit union and they quoted me a rate that was half that amount. So I think even with that, knowing resources that are available, some people think because I walk on this car lot, I have to pay what they're offering. Call different, call your bank, first of all. Get pre-qualified. Get pre-qualified before you go. And don't allow people to kind of swindle you into thinking that you only have this option that's available. 100%, yeah. But it all starts with having that education as as a youth, and then at some point, it's going you may not think they listen it, but it'll kick in mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. And then you can just have those conversations like, okay, they'll thank you so much for having mm-hmm. that conversation and teaching them that stuff. But I mm-hmm. think that's a good way to start as, as we as And another thing that came to my mind as far as redirecting money, um, something I did, I did, I did this last year. Every once in a while, take a look at your credit card, take a look at your insurance. Because what I noticed is over time, even with your cable, because I think the cable companies do this mostly, they give you like an introductory rate. Mm-hmm. And then over time, that thing arise. you know, the rate yep. increases. Yeah, and or you don't notice add, it. They'll opt you in to certain things. Yep. And I noticed that with my car insurance. Like, why is my car insurance going up? So I call them and I'm like, look, why, why is my car insurance going up? Talking through the process. Oh, if you take this defensive driving uh class, you can get this, which yep. I did online. Um, another thing they said, they opted me into a, some program, hmm. and it was up to me to opt out of it. Oh, yeah. Really? Yep. Come on now. No, we're going to get rid of all of that. Yeah. So, just by calling them, I was able to reduce my insurance, my car insurance by $30 a month. Yeah. Just from things they're just adding to. So, um, Again, just kind of taking a look at what you have going on oh, yeah. and 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 shop around. Yeah. It's it's called being an active consumer. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned something about credit card debt and Courtney, you are with refinancing. So, um 
understanding that there could be a better option out there, whether that be if you have a credit card, potentially moving balances over mm-hmm. to oh, a, yeah. a lower interest yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, credit card, using that extra money that you mm-hmm. would normally pay to put into your savings. Yeah. Um, refinancing can also free up money. Mm-hmm. And um, snowballing. Yeah, I think snowballing, you mentioned yeah. that mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. So once you pay off one credit card, you apply that same money to the next to one. To the next one. So yeah. that mm-hmm. one's paid yep. down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we do. <sighs> Let me tell you what I've heard as we wrap up, right? So one of my best, or one of my takeaways that I'm getting, and I'm so glad we had this podcast, was the diversifying yourself, diversifying your portfolio. And for the average Joe, it may not be a difficult yeah. um, thing to do, or it's not as difficult as we probably think it is. So making sure that we have money in a savings account that's making the best interest that we can possibly um, have. Investing and opening up in that, your IRA, mm-hmm. or and also with some type of retirement plan. Um, if you can dip and dabble in additional stocks and things mm-hmm. of that nature. We did not necessarily touch too much on the aspect of um, rental property, but mm-hmm. if you can do that, um, that seems to me to be at least four or five streams of in, of sort resources, financial resources that you could potentially have. Um, I don't think that people understand how important it is to kind of have your money all over the place and trying to make the best um, value or, or resources of that money because we get stuck in mm-hmm. thinking that we have our checking and our savings account. Right. And that's all. And the interest that you're getting on any checking account if you have one, is isn't it lower than the yeah, savings account? It's low unless you unless you go to a place where you keep a very high, high balance. balance. Yeah, then they will. But most of the time, you're not getting uh, you're not getting much at all. And that online savings account. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's just that 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 one right there, Courtney. That one, that's a good one. It is. That's a good one. You know, I'm going to go around telling people. No, I know something Pasha didn't. No, no, no. I you 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 just you said thought you, it was for people. No, 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 no. Earth, you elitist. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I thought it it just seems like the brick and mortar, or they make it more advantageous to use it because you already have the relationship. Yeah, of course. Built versus. The alternative of, okay, this online source is having a savings account. And and you'll see sometimes that the interest rate is higher than your brick and mortar. But you're thinking about what's the catch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not even looking or reading the fine print to say, you know, technically there isn't a catch. And then some of these online institutions you already may have some type of relationship with. Whether you already have a loan with them or something like that. So taking advantage of that. Yep. I got some takeaways. Good. Yeah, you made a good point. Yeah. Well, I'm still an elitist. No, well, no, no, no. no. I, just, I just thought about something you just said um, that I also did. Um, people you already have a relationship with kind of consolidating um, your business with them mm-hmm. in order to get discounts mm-hmm. if as you, well. Yeah, as yeah. being the active consumer, if it's yes. the best for you. Right. Yes. Credit unions are awesome. Yeah, yes. that's what we... I only so, do credit unions. I don't do, yeah. yeah, the traditional bank. Credit unions, they're so good because... A lot of the bank accounts now, they charge you just to have your money in there. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that's, that's mm-hmm. just crazy. Mm-hmm. I've seen Absolutely. some places where they charge you to go in the bank and do a transaction. Mm-hmm. I've literally seen bank accounts set up that way where they charge you 3 mm-hmm. or $4 to go in. and, and If you and have a transaction with the teller. With the teller, yep. Oh. It's come to that. Mm-hmm. So why not use the online source? Why not use an online source? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We this, are. this was fun. This was awesome. I'm glad you all learned something. I have so much more. She always has so much more. I do. Courtney, Courtney, you have any um, additional points to leave us with? I would just say, you know, think about your future, even though you're in the present. You know, that's just start there. And you don't have to do it all at once. Take the baby steps when you're thinking about your retirement and all the other things that you want to do and just write some things down. And don't be afraid to talk to someone about it, you know, um, once you either, whether that's an advisor or someone, meet the person, vet them out. Yeah, don't be afraid to get help, you know, because we can do it all on our own. I lean on a lot of people 
And uh, I listen to a lot of different streams of uh, whether that's different podcasts or whatever. I self-educate myself too on top of me doing this for a living. Um, And then don't be afraid to tell somebody else about what's Mm. going on too. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid to share. Man, I learned about this online savings Mm -hmm. account. Or man, do you have a will? Do you have a trust? You know, who your life insurance with? You know, Mm -hmm. just kind of ask. And that's not to try to belittle somebody, but just kind of spark that conversation with whoever's in your circle. You'd be surprised what you hear. Mm-hmm. Love it. Courtney, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the invite. Thank I would love to come back in the future and do a part due. You <laughs> will get the invitation. Cool. All right. Thanks again for uh, tuning in to this week's episode. And until next time, peace. This is Real Talk with Pasha B. Yeah, it's in, it's in, it's in, it's in, it's in.